Hey, Star Wars fans. Welcome back to another episode of Trench Run Report. I'm your host for this episode, uh, David Yoda Brooklander, and along with me is... Uh, Justin Gray, standing by. Sean McCannelly, standing by. Aaron Russo, standing by. And for this episode, we're going to be covering uh, the chapters four and five of the Book of Boba Fett. And we are in for quite a show, and, but we're going to have Sean start and give us a quick recap. All right, so episode four, The Gathering Storm, uh, is, as with the other episodes, it's part flashback, part present day on Tatooine, and the flashback portions cover, um, it weaves into the Mando story we've seen. We we see Boba Fett's uh, version of when he encounters Fennec Shand on the sands of Tatooine, um, seemingly left for dead by Din Djarin. Um, so that was a neat, like a neat tie-in. You could, I think his theme came in. Uh, a little hint of his musical theme came in at that point. He's kind of wandering around on the Bantha and uh, encounters Fennec and then takes her to the mod shop or the mods. Um, and we have a perhaps uh, elongated sequence of uh, her getting fixed up by the mods with some kind of weird Star Wars techno music going there. Um, and we get a good kind of context on where like Boba Fett has been and where he's at, like with his philosophy of what he's up to. And he kind of, um, has a heart to heart with Fennec about, you know, basically he's had a, you know, this near death, near death experience. Uh, he wants kind of revenge on, um, he wants revenge on Bib Fortuna for double crossing him, which I don't, I guess we don't know that story yet, but he feels double crossed, uh, somehow. Maybe he like thinks he sabotaged his jetpack or something. <laughs> um, and so he, he enlists Fennec into his fold, by offering um, like her a cut of the kind of the empire he's building, like he's going, I'm going to cut you in, uh, and I can offer you loyalty. And he kind of like reveals his thought process that um, he is sick of, as he put it, so like working for idiots. Like he kind of has seen the ups and downs of being a bounty hunter and seeing um, like the bad decisions they're making, or just like you know one guy pays one guy to kill someone else and then that guy pays someone else to kill that guy back and it's just like this endless cycle of stupid stupid violence and he's like you know kind of more pragmatic like why can't we all just be rich like he figures trying to figure out like a way to cooperate and get rich right so that's kind of confirming what we've been kind of seeing so far is that that's what he's kind of out to do um and so the rest of the episode as far as the uh the flashback side is him infiltrating with fennec uh java's palace to get his uh, ship, the Slave One, back, uh, which is uh, the fire spray, right? It's like the mm-hmm. model uh, of it. So he never calls it the Slave One in the episode, but it's like his fire, sp- his fire spray gun ship, which I don't know why it's been sitting there so long, but it's there. He doesn't have his armor yet still, um, but that's next on the list. <laughs> so once he gets the fire spray, which it was a good a good episode, or a good sequence where they're, you know, they infiltrate through the kitchen. There's like a, a General Grievous droid, like that's the chef droid. That was kind of fun. Um, you know, it meets like a little rat catcher droid, which I think he keeps around because you see it later on when he's in the present day. He like keeps that droid around. Um, and we see kind of Fennec showing off her abilities once again, kind of helping get the ship out. And then they... Um, I think the first thing he does is he goes and just he finds the swoop gang and just just ravages them with the with the the slave one just annihilates them out of revenge or just out of spite um, and you kind of get the glimpse of like oh yeah here's that like this is the no disintegrations of Boba Fett we're seeing again you know um, whether or not like they were really behind murdering his tribe you know or if they were like paid off or prompted to do that by a higher power 
he kind of doesn't care. He just kind of goes for him and destroys him. And then then he goes to the Sarlacc pit because he wants to find his armor and he thinks it's down there. So I think he forgot that the Jawas took it off of him because he was, you know, delirious or whatever. Um, so we get to see uh, kind of an exciting monster sequence, right, of him, like, literally pointing the ship into the Sarlacc to try to see what's going on. And then it attacks and tries to pull him in. And then we get the seismic charge uh, blowing up the Sarlacc once for all, which is so poetic. Like, if there's ever a way for Boba Fett to kill a Sarlacc, it's got to be with the seismic charge. And that was always satisfying. Um, that was great. So he, once they kill it, he goes, like, he, I guess he goes in there because they show him kind of climbing out with a rope. So he's, like, digging around in there trying to find his armor. Can't find it. Um, and then they, in a back, in, kind of in the present, that declares that his uh, back to healing is complete. So I think that means we're done with back to flashbacks for now. Um, and he goes and finds Black Chrysanthemum, who's just kind of moping around in the cantina and, um, you know, picks a fight or just harasses uh, some of the Basque uh, species. Uh, uh, what are they called again? Trans- Trans- the Transoceans, yep. yeah. So they're just like playing cards or whatever. He's just glaring at them in the corner because they don't get along, those two species. Um, and we get to see the famous, uh, the Wookiee will rip your arms out. <laughs> he w- rips the arms out of one of them. And then Boba recruits him into his gang, you know. Uh, and so I guess we could kind of see that coming eventually. And that's cool to see. And then he calls, like, the five families together kind of thing and calls, like, the, the major uh, players in town and um, asks for their help to, to defeat the Pikes. Um, and they kind of agree to a compromise of, like, a non-aggression pact. Like, they won't... Um, they won't join the Pikes against Boba Fett, but they also won't like interfere with him going after them. So that's kind of where we're left, and he's kind of secured his place and kind of declared war, as it were. Um, and then in the context of that, him and Fennec are reflecting at the end, and um, you know they say they need more muscle, and Fennec says, I know where to get more muscle. If you, know, if you pay enough, you know where to look. And we get the little Mando theme, which was quite exciting. And we're like, ooh, we're going to see Mando. Which leads to huh. the next episode, episode five, Return of the Mandalorian, which Da-dum. opens right away with Mando, just like Ahsoka did. Uh, like, oh, okay, we're going right to it. And he's in this, like, John Wick-style, like, you know, meat locker situation. Apparently back to bounty hunting, but he seems to be more after information than, like, the money. Um, and just... He has the dark saber. He wields it. He gets hurt by it. He doesn't really know how to use it that well, but he just just destroys it and like pushes the limits of Disney Plus uh, <laughs> violence by like cutting the guy in half. Um, Which is the second person he's yeah cut in half. Yeah, and like you know he did his like I can bring you in warm or bring you in cold line. Just it's so great. It's like very much a callback to episode one or chapter one of Mando, right? Where yep. he's bounty hunting. But then we get this. We're on this cool like ring world planet. Uh, we haven't seen before, like this space station that's like, you know, a big curved thing like in Halo. Um, I don't think we got a name for it, at least not in anything other than the credits, right? There's something um, somewhere I heard. But it was like, yeah. yeah, some kind of station world thing that has like an underside to it, which is cool. But he turns out, like, what he was after was information to try to find his his other Mandalorians who, um, it turns out, have retreated there. So all that's left is Paz Vizsla and the armorer. Um, they're the only ones left from the battle at Navarro. And um, so we get a ton of the first kind of half of the episode, which it just keeps going. Like, so the, the credits hit, you know, at, after that first sequence. And then you're like, oh, that was a cool episode for Mando, right? And then 
it's back to Mando, and then you're like, where's Boba? And you never get back to Boba in this one, but um, this first half is all, like, lore around the Darksaber, and, like, kind of for people who haven't seen the Clone Wars, it gets them caught up to kind of what's going on in the bigger picture, which I thought was quite well done. And if you have seen the Clone Wars Rebels and all that kind of lore, it's really cool to see a Adal Knight of Action. We see the epic, like, TIE Bombers destroying Mandalore and, like, basically nuking it and then see, like, the full-on, like, Terminator sequence of the K2SO droids and the probe droids just killing survivors. And it's just, that was, like, horrifyingly epic and massive and, like, the bombing of... Um, uh, the firebombing of Dresden, right, from World War II, that kind of thing, which just, that was really cool to see. Um, she hints, I think, so I think the first half of the episode was, while it was Mando, it was setting up stuff for Boba. So I think when she's talking about the Mythosar, the Mythosar um, prophecy to, like, rise up and lead Mandalore, like, that's Boba Fett's, like, symbol, is that Mythosar thing, right? So I think I think he's going to get that dark saber at some point, somehow, and be, like, he'll be the new leader of Mandalore. Um or what, either whatever's left of it, or a new Mandalore, a new home planet for them, like Tatooine, for example. Um, but anyway, Paz Vizsla challenges him for the Darksaber, and although Mando kind of bests him in combat and doesn't doesn't actually kill him, but he kind of submits him, um, but then you have to win it by creed and by combat, and so the armorer gives the, you know, have you ever removed your helmet, or has it been removed by others, and he, he has to say he has removed it, and then she like immediately basically kicks him out of the cult, as it were, um, or says you're like you're not a Mandalorian until you do this thing, which is you have to go to these whatever hot springs underneath the planet. But he's like, well, it's destroyed, and she's like, well, this is the way, which is either him. <laughs> and then you gotta he, go to Mandalore. Yeah, and then he leaves. So he's <laughs> so I can't tell yet if he's like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do, or is he like, well, screw this, like you're basically asking the impossible. So I guess like was that her was that her way of saying you know, like shrug like hey the rules are the rules like there's nothing in the rules that says unless the plan's gone right (laughs) um so i don't quite know where he's like what his macguffin is yet other than he wants to reunite he wants to get back with grogu and visit him um he has to turn his staff in as it were and have it forged down again because you're not supposed to have beskar weapons because they're a threat to mandalorians because they can pierce the armor so he has the spear made into something for for Grogu. We don't quite see what it is, but there's a little hint of, like, chain mail, perhaps, like a little mithril coat, like in Lord of the Rings. And they even tie it up in a little bow. It looks just like his head. So cute. Um, so for some reason, he goes to Tatooine, which I guess is because he got the message that his ship is ready, um, that he was rebuilding or having rebuilt because the Razor Crest got blown up. And so we meet... Um, Jason, uh, not Jason Sudeikis. Amy Sedaris's character who I find annoying personally, but um, she's been kind of (laughs) working on a ship for him, but he's there early. She wasn't expecting him. Um, And she pulls the sheet off of it, and it's a N1 starfighter in bad shape, but um, that was just a great moment. I thought it was like, yeah, I thought it was a pod racer or pieces of pod racer or something, but or like um, General Grievous' ship that Obi-Wan gets in. I thought it was that at first. Um, But, yeah, so they work together kind of in a pretty long sequence, talking a lot of shop, talking, like, tech stuff um, to, like, rebuild the thing. Uh, kind of a cool montage. She makes a disgusting joke about dating a Jawa, <laughs> which was <laughs> gross. <laughs> Furry, she says. Um, we see a BD droid. She has a BD droid there, which is, like, from Fallen Order, which, I don't know, is some kind of either just cool to see in live action, or is that some kind of hint that Cal Castus is involved somehow, like, 
I mean, it introduces the possibility that Cal is with Luke at Luke's Academy, like helping find young Force sensitives because that was the whole point of that game. Um, so we could see Cal Castus in live action. Um, anyway, yeah, he builds. They finish building the thing. They take it for a spin, um, and it's just a pure nostalgia play. We get we get the Boonta Eve course. He just flies through it. Um, goes through Beggar's Canyon. Doesn't shoot a womp rat, but he flies over when we see one, right? It goes into orbit, you know, does like the, the Wally and Eve sequence flying around the starship, and then he gets gets pulled over by, yeah, he doesn't say it, but he does it. He does spin around the, yeah, exactly. (laughs) He gets pulled over by the space cops for driving too close. Um, The one is the actor who was, who was Luke's like body double in the episode, which again, I take as a hint as like, hey, they rehired this guy for other parts of, like let's have he's going to be Luke for other things let's just put him in this part too well we've got him that's how I took that personally um, and then the other guys are is our, our friend our friend the rebel pilot from a couple episodes of Mandalorian um, who recognizes like Mando's voice and he's like you yeah, have the Razor Quest Razor Crest and uh, he lets him off with a warning because he kind of respects like the, the battle that went down in Navarro like hey you took on the Empire you're good with me let's let him go right but when he's you know about to get interrogated, he pushes like the afterburner button and just yeets <laughs> out of there. Like it, yeah. That so like that whole sequence is to show off, and it really did well, a good job. Like you, we rarely get a sense of speed in Star Wars. Like we get it with the pod race. I think you get some of the sense in like the episode two, like Coruscant chase a bit. But like that, yeah, you get a crazy sense of how fast the ship is in that sequence. It was really cool. It's like Top Gun kind of feel. I thought for a second he was going to do like a buzz the tower thing, <laughs> like from Top Gun, but um, yeah. So then he lands in Fennec's there, and she's like, "Hey, Boba wants to. Boba needs your help for muscle." And she offers him money, and he he's like, "It's on the house," which is like you know, respect, right? Um, but he says, first I need to go visit a little friend," and it ends with that, which hints strongly that he's going to go see Grogu, which you know we know he wanted to, but. Um, that is the next thing Mando's going to do, whether we get to see it or not immediately. Um, I hope we're going to see it eventually, <laughs> but in that, in many ways, episode five here, was basically, you know, Mandalorian season three, episode one or episode zero, um, a huge amount of setup and development. Cause we had the question, the open question at the end of season two of like, what is Mando's purpose role in anymore? Like without mm-hmm. Grogu. And they've, I think masterfully in one episode, gotten him to a to his MacGuffin. He wants to reunite with Grogu, but he also wants he has this thing about the the dark he has the Darksaber and he has the lore on the Darksaber and like he's has like a side quest to go <laughs> get atonement for taking off his helmet, right? Um and kind of reconciling the two things like, yeah, I broke the rules, but if you you didn't get a chance to explain why he broke the rules, right, to take off his helmet it was to save this child. So he's kind of weighing both things at once. Um but yeah, just an absolute Geek Fest um, episode with so many great references to episode one. They had the pit droids. They had Treadwell. They had, you know, just, you know, it's like literally the same hangar bay that's in uh, Battlefront 2, right? It's like just, it just looks, this. it just looked more cinematic. Like everything about the episode just felt more like a movie. Um, it had a different director than Rodriguez. It was Bryce Dallas Howard, this one. Um, so I think that. Did I miss anything on the recap of the plot? I think that covered it all. I think you got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got it spot on. It was definitely a surprise, but a welcome one. Yeah, a yeah. welcome one to be sure. Mm-hmm. So, so why don't we go through uh, what we all thought, and Aaron, why don't you kick it off? Um, so episode four, 
Um, I liked. I thought it was a little slow paced at the beginning. Some of the some of the shots of Boba just kind of wandering around, and then like the pace was just a little slow. Um, with a lot of conversation that I thought was interesting, but still, like, didn't quite. It didn't do enough to pull me fully into the episode. Probably not until the part where they actually go get Slave One, and then it engages a little more. Um, and I, I loved, um, I loved the whole, you know, raid on Jabba's palace. I thought that was great. I, I think they did a really good job so far of like every time, like the whole recreation of that set and and expanding it on screen mm-hmm. with the hangar bay and like and the map and like going to the kitchen and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And um, the kitchen stuff was a mixed bag for me. I mean, the General Grievous. <laughs> Chop suey droid was <laughs> absolutely fantastic, um, but some of the other they stuff were from in Dexter's the... diner, the, that thing was in Dexter's diner too. Yeah, actually, that was in the um, the uh, transport that Anakin and Padme oh, went that's, to. That's, oh, hey, look at the cafeteria! You, no droids. That's right. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. it was it was that one. It's not the first time we've seen that thing, but yeah. I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. It's a I I really I thought some of the stuff in there like was a little silly, like it was a little bit. Chasing the Boba chasing the, that the little, yeah the little that went on rat a little catcher long. droid yeah. and like then he some of that it was a little slapstick <laughs> that didn't quite work for me. <laughs> then he um, I Batman I'm Batman kind of moment with that thing and it's like what yeah it was just a yeah. little bit off. Um, I thought that um, you know obviously like I don't know that there's a bad way to have Slave One on screen. So I mean it, from the moment that they see it and that they retrieve it and, and like the battle to get it even out of the hangar was just super cool um there was i thought they did a really good job of like the first scene where boba climbs into the cockpit you know mm, just yeah. very meaningful and like and like he and he he i liked that he kind of like didn't just jump right back in he's like all right woo yeah we're behind it was more like it was more like mm-hmm. he almost had like this old man look like <coughs> yeah. oh i gotta get in here how do all right like, He's slowly getting the hang of it, right? Well, it's like a recreation of like the Obi Wan versus Jango battle, and like Bobo climbed in to like help while his dad was fighting. So like, Fennec very was kind of very fighting similar. outside. Yeah, that's like very similar for two. Yeah, get a flashback right there. It, it yeah, been, flash would have been, been perfect. Yeah, flash would have been perfect to remind everyone like, hey, remember this happened before. I, I liked I liked Since everything with Slave One. I liked. I thought it was a little odd, like that that Fennec had insinuated skepticism that the Pikes or that the Swoop Bike Gang had taken out the Tuscans, but he was like, yeah, it was them, and I'm going to kill them. Because I feel like they also made it seem like it wasn't them. So that was interesting. But still, cool as hell to see Boba just... <laughs> and I, again, and I, I hope that people who are complaining that Boba is too soft remember that scene yeah. <laughs> where he kills all of them without any yeah. hesitation. He's like, hi, guys. Wah, 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 wah. Right. Like, he's just <laughs> more calculated now. Like, he doesn't take unnecessary risks, or, like, he's not reckless about it like maybe he was before like he just like but he's still he has he a, still has a dark yeah. like like he's still a killer mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's like that's the those are the actions of a, of a killer it's like you put you you get him from point a to point b you don't want him to get to point b yeah <laughs> but it but it's still meant so but, like, it, it, comes but it wasn't place, arbitrary like it, it comes came from a place, from a place of, he says like he was telling fennec like you only get so far without a tribe like that's his mm-hmm. main it's like his meta right. lesson he's learned is he's like i can't if you're a loner you just get used by idiots who like pay you right. and 
you can make something of yourself and you can only get so far without a tribe. And he found his tribe and then it was taken from and him. And it was revenge. And he's building tribe. a new tribe. And now. if you think about it too, <clears throat> going back to the prequels, he's seen Django work with other people, work with Zam, you know, mm-hmm. in legends in the books and comics. Mm-hmm. Zam and Boba actually have a decent relationship. Um, and then after Django dies, <laughs> Boba tries to put together a team with Bosk, Dengar, mm-hmm. through the Clone Wars, and it doesn't work. Now he's at a point where He's more mature. He knows how to run things. Now he's going at it from not just a bounty hunter aspect. It's, all right, I want to put something together that actually means something. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was interesting just that, like, like, I guess you could make the argument that his vengeance was justified, but he doesn't take the ultimate high road of letting them go. <laughs> no, like keeping tabs on them and be like, I'll find a way to get back at you, maybe in a fair fight, because it was not a fair fight. No. <laughs> He's like, first thing I'm doing when I get this yeah. ship. Track these guys down. Yeah. I have yeah. a few scores to settle. So I thought that was cool, and I, of course, the whole Sarlacc thing was all very, you know, I never thought I would see mm-hmm. that scene, you know, like a, a Sarlacc slave one showdown. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And when, as soon as, as soon as Fennec had an idea, I was like, oh, yeah. no way. That's and then he's like, don't touch do. my buttons. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was just, I love, I love those. Those are like examples of like, and I think this show has done a lot of this that I really enjoy. It's like just the smallest little nods through sounds mm-hmm. and through visual, like, like nothing big, things that for a lot of people, they would completely miss. I'm sure there's people who saw that and they were like, oh, that was cool. He blew him up. Mm -hmm. But then there's people who are like, that's my favorite sound effect in all of Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. Well, and like this also like they honored they honored the special edition because they knew George Lucas like he wanted like a Venus flytrap mouth coming out, but he couldn't pull it off in 1983. So he put it back in later and they like, you know, brought that back where it's like a pit and then it like wakes up and bites him. And like, so they're honoring like George Lucas's vision that he wanted to pull off and just couldn't at the time, but mm-hmm. like eventually mm-hmm. could. And yeah. it's like canon that it's like a mouth thing, not just like an open hole. It's like got a beak, right? And, and use that like with Slave One too. Yeah. The look, the sound of the engines, the seismic charge, <laughs> even down to the blaster fire. Yeah, yeah. It was the exact same thing from like Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that that just shows such an attention to detail and such a. That you just know that these people yeah, are it's cared for. That every everything is is calculated. That they they know exactly what they're doing. You know they're taking the time to craft something that means something to the fans and that all fits within the universe. And I've always want that's that's what I've always expected or anticipated mm-hmm. is that Disney would take Star Wars and just keep doing Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like. I think this show is a really good example of like just keep doing Star Wars. It's it's new but it's old and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like that's and I think that this like Slave One and the Sarlacc is like a perfect example of that, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's yeah. like it's new but it's old. We didn't know we wanted it, but we're glad we got right. it. And it were if it's like in retrospect, you're like, oh yeah, of course, of course, this is how you get rid of the Sarlacc. The only way you could have gotten it killed right. <laughs> is to have the Slave One drop the seismic charge in it. Other, otherwise, Episode Four, I thought I I. The the flashback scenes that caught us get us caught up was it was kind of cool just to see Fennec getting recovered and getting her innards turned into mm-hmm. pieces of machinery. We didn't need to see it all. Whatever like, we because we know she gets it. We know now that the mods do this stuff, and he could have just brought her and be like, "I need her fixed up," and then they just 
move on. Yeah. They like spend, you know, two minutes or whatever. That, that whole scene, I, I just, the, all that, like the music for that, how long it was, the line, the, I just, I, that I could, kind of place doesn't make any sense on Tatooine because of like the sand, right? If there's sandstorms, like you imagine like that sensitive yeah. stuff getting like oh, your yeah. open body, just getting like sand in it. That should all be, that, that would all that be would like, work. that kind of stuff would all that be was, on Coruscant. Like or people like, putting uh, mechanical Camino, parts on yeah, themselves. Sterile be. environment. Yeah. Anyway. So, and then of course, yeah, I mean, the black chrysanthemum stuff, awesome. Like, mm-hmm. awesome. Like, the way that they showed him, they put him in the show. You don't have to know anything about him from the yeah. comics to enjoy that. You see the scars on his head, and you, mm-hmm. you, just, you get a sense of like, his beastliness. Like, he's and I loved, I loved how they wove into his character that that anger towards mm-hmm. the Trandoshans for enslaving yeah. Wookiees. And you don't, you don't have to know that necessarily yeah. to enjoy the scene, but... Which I hope is set up for Bosk. Like, he's going to be forced to work with Bosk, like, because Bosk is... Like, Boba's going to bring Bosk back, and now the <laughs> team has to work together even though they don't oh, like boy. each other. You know, because, like, they're like, oh, we now know he doesn't like Trandoshans. Oh, here's one he has to like, because they're on the same team, right? Or he has to work with, yeah, right? begrudgingly, yeah. Um, of course, I loved the, you know... The, the use of the Mando theme at the end, I thought, was was just tantalizingly mm-hmm. uh, effective. Um, episode 5, um, Return of the Mandalorian, opening sequence was freaking amazing. <laughs> like, everything about that, like, the, that was mm-hmm. just everything about that. Visually, tonally, the, the, like, the, the, the combination of, like, the quiet and the calm and then, the, like, the mm-hmm. viciousness of what yeah. he did was all very effective really enjoyed that whole cold open do you um, think that i've heard the commentary this week be like mandalorian mando was acting like what people think boba should be acting like so he both was that vicious we see the vicious side but then he also has like kind of the honorable like when he kind of comes back out of that room and he's like you guys can take whatever you want whatever right. you think you're owed like he kind of like builds an a- builds allies or like makes friends but he's got the guy's head in the bag. But like he knows like who the real enemy yeah. was. It was the bad guy, not these random workers. Mm-hmm. Like he's not just slaughtering everyone. Like he's calculating. Like people are like, man, like that's who that's who we think Boba should be like. Like they have them mixed up. Like Mando's chattier in real life, and Boba's too chatty in this. And they should be like. Opposite. Well, I think, but I think Boba's Boba's story is ending, and Mando's is yeah. Beginning. I think that's what this is doing. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. think that that's appropriate. Um, but I also think that. One of the things that I didn't, I was kind of a little thrown off by is that, like, Mando just shows up with the Darksaber, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, how do we get from the bridge yeah. with Luke and to him showing up for a, mm-hmm. for a thing? And I guess we have to assume some things that we may or may not ever get us yeah. to see, which is, like... They just part ways, the whole turn. Like, she's team. just like, well, I guess the Darksaber's yours, and he's like, yeah, I guess I'm just going to go back to bounty hunting. Okay, see ya. Like I don't know what that what that looked like, but yeah. I thought that it was interesting because I think and I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like I'm pretty sure that he was doing the job to get information yeah. about where the covert was. Yes, yeah, because yeah. that's what they had. Like they they for a second him. I thought I thought Kira was who hired him. I thought we were oh. going to see her and like he was working for Crimson Dawn. Like even even if he didn't know who they were, like he right. just is like taking the job, but it happens to be. Like, oh, gosh, that's Kira. Because that place looked just like the solo, like, party kind of thing, remember? Yeah. Like, it looked like a Crimson Dawn party or whatever. But, yeah, it didn't, at least not ostensibly. I, I thought, I thought. It would be the, crazy if they tied her in then. 
the all the footage, like the whole the, the whole scenario. The, yeah. Like first the of super all, super long like, take that was the, like a minute and a half long of him come like that the elevator space and station everything. was yeah. so epically cool. That was really. Which cool. shows yeah. off like that what the oh. that volume can do. Like that's a new thing the volume hasn't shown us yet. Is like yeah the curvature like the expansiveness oh, of it. Gorgeous. It's like pushing the limits of that. When I first saw that, cool. I thought it was actually the quad drive yards. Oh yeah, that would work. Yeah. Because that's like a planet oh, that yeah. has a ring of yep. like machinery around it. Yeah, that's where they build. Star I, I really like like how he's like, like limping. Yeah, and he's because he can't <laughs> use the thing. Like because that's what I left out in the recap. Like the armorer is training him sort of how to use it, and she's like, you know, because he's like it's heavier every time I swing it, and he's like, she's like, you're fighting with, you're fighting against it, blah blah. So like I think that's all hinting towards like, oh, Luke's if only somebody who knows how to use one. Oh, of Luke's these training his ass, and everybody knows it. <coughs> oh like, yeah, that is going to be a scene. Yes, and it's going to freaking flip people yeah. out. That'll be. So and I think cool. that that was, I just thought I thought that just the effects of the dark saber, yeah, the, the combat, the sounds, like, just it created so much like, and it made the exposition parts really mm-hmm. that much better. Like just hearing the lore and then seeing the dark saber in action that way, that was really cool. And like her take on Sabine and um, Bo-Katan, like that her 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 version perspective, of how right? that all goes down because we've seen Bo-Katan's version of all that, and it's like how they're. I'm pretty sure we're not supposed to like the armorer anymore, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't like her. I, she's really dogmatic. She's a zealot. Yeah, yeah. She's really dogmatic about her beliefs, and like it's all black and white. And he's, I feel like he's kind of like, so he was like. Grogu changed him, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll just settle back in my old ways of try to find my old tribe and try to go back to bounty hunting. And then that kind of it gets dead-ended for him because he's like, well, I guess I'm kicked out of my old religion. And yeah, I, I love that I can't scene really be a bounty hunter where anymore. he asks him, and you can you you immediately yeah. know where his head is. He's like, yes, oh, but it was when I when I said goodbye to, to Grogu. Yeah, to, I mean, there yeah. was a time before that. Yeah, but like, but all to save Grogu ultimately. It was, yeah, yeah, and like. And that you know, in that moment, he's like, "I'm choosing my yeah. my relationship with Grogu over my mm-hmm. identity with this group," which I thought was just really incredible character development for him. Well, then they so then there's this little spat, however, where the armor is talking about. She's like, well, Jedi, like that goes against the Jedi way. They don't form attachments, and he's like, well, that's the opposite of our creed. And I feel like that's tension for Grogu and Din with like Luke, right? Because if Grogu's attached to Din Djarin, is Luke gonna be like, tap that down, can't have that? Like or, or is he gonna be like visit? because like because he hopefully Luke realizes like, oh yeah, like we didn't rescue my dad's my you know, we didn't rescue my grandma or my yeah, his mother you know, Anakin's mom. She kept him as a slave. Uh she was kept as a slave and then that was like that attachment that Anakin had to his mother festered forever and then that got moved over to Padme it's like all of these all these issues of like had he been allowed to like have a relationship with his mom and then like had he been able to have a public relationship with Padme Darth Vader might have never come out you know Anakin might have had a sanctioned marriage with with Senator Amidala and we never would have had Darth Vader so is Luke going to be like oh this new Jedi way is we're going to allow attachments right is he going to learn or is he going to be like, no, 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 like, this is the way. And, mm-hmm. like, they're going to have the tension because it's like, Din, you can't see Gorgo anymore because he's too attached to you and that's going to lead to the dark side or whatever. Like, that's interesting, like, narrative, narrative, like, material to go with. I guess we'll have to see where Lucasfilm or Disney goes with it. Right. Because with Legends, Luke's Academy, yeah. it, it was allowed. 
Yeah, like Luke he, he was like Mara. a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, and in, and in new canon, like I get, I thought the implication was, at least from my understanding of it, it was the opposite. It was that he tried to do it the old way. Yeah. And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Well, it didn't work because it was all bullshit." Right, but that's no, the last Jedi was like I tried and I failed, and like the Jedi just needs to go away because it's a failure. Right, and then Ray's like, either it's not a failure or she's coming up with a new way to do it. Either yeah. way, I want to see Luke train him with the dark yeah. saber. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> but I do think like they're planting the seeds of like tension of like there's this attachment between Din and Grogu, and like is that going to be a good or bad thing for either one of them? Because Grogu's not in the sequel trilogy, I, and neither is Din. I will say uh, this. I do not have any attachments to that curly-haired lady <laughs> in the next sequence in the show. Yeah. And I don't she's think she's little, funny. No. And I think she's just obnoxious. And I'll, that's all I'll say about that. I the think, Naboo Starfighter was freaking amazing. And I love <laughs> that they put it in there, but never they didn't bring... I thought they were going to bring it all the way back to like its full yellow mm-hmm. glory. No, that's, they did it totally Mando-style, like a muscle car. I, I, but, I, but I ended up really liking that they cool turned it into kind of like a hot rod... It looks just like the Razor Crest. It's like yeah. that metal, sleek. It looks like his helmet. Yeah. It's like shiny. And I thought that silver. was also, I think, potentially an homage to George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Um, the Flash Gordon stuff. Yeah. But I enjoyed, I thought that the sequence where they're putting the ship back together was way too long and full of ridiculous they, exposition they, about they ship the parts. They capacitor and, from Back to the Future. I'm so, but that was just <laughs> too long. I didn't. I didn't need to see, I don't know how long it was. It was like three, four yeah. minutes of them just talking yeah. about stuff that I didn't understand and like all these terrible one-liners. I thought that just fell flat for yeah. me, even though I loved that the ship was in play. Yeah. Like I thought that the scenes of them putting it back together were just like, I don't, we don't need this much exposition for all this, this plus, stuff. Plus the long rod apparently is like the yeah. same one that like mm-hmm. Khan uses yeah. in the yep. trash See, like, compactor. Like I loved, I yeah, loved that, all that those was, that was That was fun. That was, that was, that was a fun nice little nod. Easter egg. Uh-huh. But, but the, oh, the dialogue between those two was driving me nuts. But I, yeah, I don't know why like a Starfighter needs like a hot rod engine in the front, but I don't care. <laughs> I don't cool. care. That was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think I, it would have been cool if he had, instead of her, like instead of her making a ship, if he had just gotten a message like, Hey, it's Fennec, or hey, it's Boba, or like, hey, it's Fennec. Boba's got a ship for you. And then, like, if we had connected to the second half of the episode where Mando and Boba are together at Jabba's palace, like working on a ship, or like, you know what I mean? Like that would have been more of a direct connection to the story. And like, oh, Boba's Instead, back in they his just, own show. They just like inserted Fennec at the last yeah. second. Oh, Which just so you remember, it sounds like the book she, of might have, she might have been the one week. to send the message that the ship's ready, even though it wasn't, because like, the curly-haired ladies was like a little bit like. Oh yeah, like yeah, I like she almost like forgot to make him a ship. It seemed like, or at least it was earlier than she thought. But like, maybe Fennec's the one who sent the message just to get him to Tatooine to ask him the favor. I don't know, but yeah, it would have been. But people are so. It seems like the Naboo Starfighter thing is a little bit divisive. People are like, like that's so impractical for a bounty hunter. And I think the point is like this is symbolizing and like cementing he's not a bounty hunter anymore. Is not like his. He needs a fast starfighter to do his new thing and like go on his quest. Now he's not mm-hmm. a bounty hunter anymore. So it, it doesn't. If, if you watched that episode and had a problem with the Naboo starfighter <laughs> being in it, then get because out. If you wanted one, like go if away. you wanted a bounty hunter thing, like a like L A A T gunship would make sense. 
like an old school one of those. Which yep. if he had that would have been dope. If he would have gone to Jabba's palace, then I could imagine like Boba Fett, like, hey, I know I have hookups to like old Clone Wars stuff. Here's like an old LAT thing that we can put a hyperdrive on. We can make it like space worthy, and like it can be like your sweet gunship that the whole crew can be in, like the whole gang can be in one thing. Um, but I guess the slave one fits that bill because everyone. Can if be in that if one. someone came up to came up to me and said, "Episode, how about an episode of whatever where the Mandalorian pod races and then the Boo N one starfighter and then runs from the cops?" Yeah. <laughs> and then like, what? what? Mm-hmm. And yet they did all of and that. I loved it, and I, and it was fun. Yeah. Um, I do think that it was a little strange that we got a whole episode of the Mandalorian in the Book of Boba Fett. And I'm very curious what that's going to look like going forward. Um, Do you think all the lore stuff with the Darksaber was really about Boba Fett? I, it could go either way. She mentions, like, that Mythosar thing, which is Boba Fett's, like, symbol. And, like, she talks about this, like, prophecy or this, like, legend, right? Of like You mean, like, that Boba's actually the one that's going to take over Mandalore? Yeah, can, the I, new Mandalore being it. Tatooine. Yeah. And they even, like, like I was saying, like we were saying last time, like, Tatooine could become rejuvenated that would be and like yeah. yeah like it could be that like water would be and a dope ending and like ending to his story it goes away from being a desert planet to being like boba fett is like the lord of this planet that's like on the on the up and up with like the tuscans and the humans like united and like happily ever after and like, oh, you're saying on tatooine yeah like tatooine could be the new base of operations for like, the all the, the new mandalorian home planet oh yeah. kind of like i can see yeah, yeah like it's a new home world absolutely and he's the he's in charge of it and all Mandos, like, are welcome, no matter your creed or whatever. And I don't know. It's kind of neat. Like, because he kind of fit, like, they were putting that stuff in there, like, legend tells of this and legend tells of that. And it's like, well, he, he's got the Mythosar, like, symbol right on his arm. And, like, that was, like, the little symbol for him. Like, he was, like, following with the infrared. You saw, like, the Mythosar, which was over, like, the forge in the old place. Like, mm-hmm. that thing has been everywhere. And that's Boba Fett's, like, symbol. Like, I feel like they're dropping hints left and right. And, like, all that Darksaber lore. He's gonna apply to Boba Fett, but I don't know how he's supposed to get it unless he defeats Dinjar. So we can get we weird. can get Boba we can get Boba riding a Rancor wielding yeah. the dark sea. Or or Grogu is like the is gonna be the Mandalore, like the Jedi Mandalorian like hybrid. I, he's like I a, thought Mando he's adopted could be that. to be yeah like he's an adopted thing, and then he's also or yeah they, they could make Jin, Din Djarin like a Jedi that they is could. like he has force he's like taps into his force power and wields the dark saber and is a Mandalorian. <laughs> uh. I don't know. But it's wide open. I mean, I just yeah, feel like true. Boba Fett. I feel like Boba Fett's story is in this episode, even though he's not. Somehow, you know what I mean. Mm. More of the the background the, sets. The first up. half is like more about Boba than we think. Is what mm. I think. As I, I hope or suspect, I guess. Well, yeah, it does yeah, it does make you. I, think. I hate to speculate because like sometimes I come up with ideas that I think are better than what they come up with, and then I'm disappointed. But. I try to temper my expectations, but I like to speculate at the same speculate time. Speculate responsibly. Yeah. Or just don't, like, I don't pin it too hard because then if it doesn't happen, then I'm not as disappointed, I guess. As I need to, like, learn to just, like, let it happen and not get too hitched to an idea or whatever. Which is why it's, like, there's times when I wish they would just release all the episodes at once. <laughs> so that I don't it get too much to watch, like, I like watching every week, like, all the reaction compilations, like, people reacting and stuff. It's just fun, like, to be, like, like the wider community, right, is, like, kind of experiencing this at the same time. Right. They do, like, it episodically like that. Mm-hmm. And then all, like, the 20 things you missed in this episode thing, right? Yeah. It's, it's conceivable that, that episode five of Book of Boba Fett was 
the best episode of The Mandalorian that we've ever seen. <laughs> it was certainly an awesome... So, like, it's an awesome episode, and it's an awesome hour of Star Wars. Right. But I don't know how to even rate it as a Boba, Book of Boba Fett episode. Right. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yep. if you're not in it, you can't rate... It's a zero, because Boba's not in it. But then it's, like, it's a 9.8 Star Wars episode, because there's a few dings, a little, you know? But, like, it's otherwise awesome. But, like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't read it. it this is such a mystery. It's like That's Mandalorian what season three episode zero, out basically. In the next couple of weeks. Yeah, but it's obviously set up for Mando season three. Um, oh yeah. So like yeah, they sure. needed to like get him from point A to point B so that he can start the story right of season three because mm-hmm. otherwise he was like left on that bridge and we don't know like what he's up to. Justin, take it away. Okay, so um, the um, chap- chapter four. I really. Um, I, I, uh, yeah, that, that one, that one was, uh, I'd say under the, it was good category. Better than three, um, though, right? Yeah. Better than three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah, I have to say better than three. Um, so I liked, I liked the whole, uh, segment where they go to, go to grab a ship and, um, I loved the, the scene where they're, uh, like he mows down the biker gang because who doesn't? <laughs> um, Just the biker gang, right? And then the Sar- then the Sarlacc pit scene. Um, that jump, I think that was like a legit jump scare in Star Wars for me. Like I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was coming. You know but, something's down there. Um, but it but it still worked anyway. It would have been cool to see him get some kind of clue or lead on his armor when he was there, like right. some evidence mm-hmm. of like, oh, Jawas got it. Now I can track Jawas, like because eventually he but, finds it. But like, how does he find his armor? But like, if you if you remember in uh, the Mandalorian, he mentions that yeah, he he knew about Cobb Vanth owning the armor for a brief time. But so. we don't know that he knows that. Yeah. Yet. All right. So far, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he knows that at that point. I wonder if we're going to see that at all, but doesn't really matter. I guess. Um, I'm, I'm. I'm still holding out for a Cobb Vanth uh, yeah. uh, appearance in, in yeah. the Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian season three. Um, there, there's hope for that. Um, and anyway, um, the uh, scene scene in that like where uh, Chris Stanton uh, rips off the Trandoshan's arm was priceless, and they. I love the um, attempt uh, that the yeah yeah she, she, was, she, like she was trying to sue them. It's exposition that was so great. about like, and what's like, going on, but also yeah, and like trying to, to cover his bar tab, and he's like, "Screw the bar tab! Yeah. Here yeah. you go, I'm going home." Yeah. <laughs> and it's we like, all know a guy was, like that, which was like <laughs> reminiscent. <laughs> I, like I think that was another scene where it was like it's I was like, like, "Oh, that's pretty not Disney." Yeah, yeah, like, I loved it when Bob was like, "It was worth a shot," and she just like shrugs and rolls her eyes. Right. Yeah. Hit it, Max. Yeah. Max Rebo confirmed. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever species that is. He doesn't have, like, that's all you see. He's like, those are his feet he's playing with. He that, doesn't that, have, like, a lower half. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, some internet controversy. It was, like, the the Kenner toy, like, had yeah. arms and legs, uh-huh. but apparently, like, only has, can, like cannon-wise, like, that's, the, that's, like, his toes are his, like, <laughs> so uh, feet that he plays he's like the a big piano thing with. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like a melted Smurf. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, Why a smurf, like a like, like a, peep, a smurf, a peep you put in the microwave. Oh that's no, he's going like. with peeps. <laughs> Marshmallow smurf uh, with like a wheel, like the wiggly nose. I cannot nose see that putting. now. Yeah, <laughs> like, like you know, the nose that just like randomly goes up and down. So 
I think I think my night's ruined because of the mention of Peeps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like chubby. He looks uh, like a marshmallow. Like he looks like you. Yeah. I'm gonna caramelize. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite version of him is the robot chicken version. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> gotta get my yes. dick, man. Uh, yeah, that that was. That was <laughs> At least amazing. they didn't bring back that like the with the lipstick dancer singer thing. Sai Snoodles. Yeah. I love how you know his name or her name. I love the like Godfather dinner that they have underneath Uh the Rancor uh, cage, which was as a big flex. Yeah, that was that was that was cool. Like all of you, I did like geek out when I heard the Mando's uh, motif uh, Mm -hmm. at the end. Um, And then uh, and then we get to uh, uh, chapter five. The Return of the Mandalorian, which I I could not say anything bad about the episode except for the fact that Boba Fett wasn't in it at all, and um, which probably pre- prevented me from like giving it a certain grade. But at the same time, I've heard other people talk about it, and they were like, "Well, keep in mind this is the book of Boba Fett. If you actually read books, yeah, sometimes a chapter can be dedicated to another character." And I do think it all ties um, in. Wait, but it still has to like yeah. tie in with the whole story, the story as a whole. So I was like, okay, I I I guess that kind of relaxes me a bit. Um, which, but to be fair, I wasn't that wasn't like the ultimate negative that ruined this episode because it's it really isn't. I I loved every single minute of it. Um, like from the beginning kitchen scene, uh, kitchen scene, which reminded me of where I used to work. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, like it, it, it wasn't like that dingy though, but no, it was, it was but it was pretty, like, yeah, it like was pretty so much real world. I, I feel like they did barely anything to the set to make it look, you know what I mean? Like it looked I, like a I real. Think, human I think they actually went place. into like the place where I worked and just yeah. like, all right, they just put the action. costumes. Yeah, there was <laughs> yeah. like real like sides mm-hmm. of beef up there, not like an alien meat. It was like full on like yeah, you know, like John Wick or like some kind of mm-hmm. action movie. Um, I was I was there for it, but like. It's like like the yeah, the plastic like divider things like yeah it just was not mm-hmm. it didn't feel like Star Wars but it was fine like it works but it really felt like real world more than anything else that they've done yeah and uh, I also liked the Halo ring uh, that mm-hmm. and plus like I definitely was like yeah that was probably shot on, on in the volume yeah inspired by uh, Halo too yeah. mm-hmm. then uh, I love I love the re- reunite. Um, the reunion with uh, um, Paz Vizsla and the uh, armor. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the um, brief uh, uh, exposition that basically catches the audience up. Um, I loved the uh, moment where uh, Paz Vizsla is like, "All right, Mom says I it's my turn to have the dark saber moment." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I also loved the uh, moment where she asked uh, Din Djarin if he removed his helmet. He didn't have to say anything, but you you could feel yeah. that he was right. like, oh. Mom cut my hand right. in the cookie jar. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> as soon as he paused, yeah. she was like, uh, uh-oh. I know you too well. <laughs> Tell the truth. Yep. Busted. Um I also kind of liked the scene where uh, he, get, he gets, like, halted by... Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, um, security. Yeah, can't fly <laughs> yeah, that close like, to a transport. Uh huh. And he tries that line like, 
I'm a Mandalorian. Weapons are my religion. Like, oh yeah. Oh, uh, I was that, so nervous when he had to put the dark saber. I'm like, oh, don't. I thought when like, he got yeah. back that it was going to be gone. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I also thought the little Rodian kid was kind of funny. <laughs> I, I thought so too. Um, I thought that was really cool. That was like mm-hmm. one degree. Like that was like so close to being like real world, you know. Like he's like flying on like a commercial airline, <laughs> yeah. And then like and we then all the, had that the, kid who like was like hi, hi, hi. I and actually, like, but he was like, oh, it's like a little green fellow. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. But he did have a severed head with him at the time, didn't he? No, this is like when he's flying back to Tatooine. Oh, he's flying back, and he's like missing Grogu, and he has a little package that looks like you know the little bow looks just like his head, and he sees the little green kid, and like he's just like reminded me of the scene in the Joker. In the, the latest Joker movie? Right. Oh, that scene where Joker, yeah. Where he's like sitting where on the bus like, and the little kid turns around and he's making faces and then the, the mom's the like, leave my kid alone. And, yeah. And he starts laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, but I guess we know like, how regular people get around the galaxy in those big, like, yep. With the, uh, ca- the, the uh, Star Tours uh, Rex, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I like how, like, the um, one that he boards, like, it sounds great. Then the one on Tatooine just sounds, yeah, like, so glitched out. So glitched out. Yeah. And, uh, um, it's the outer like, rim. It's not yeah. as fancy. Which, it's the same ship that, like, the Pikes came on. So, yeah. like, they're flying commercial or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I think <laughs> the Pikes are flying commercial just to kind of hide their numbers, <laughs> That's though. weird. Like, it's um, like if the but, Taliban, yeah. like, flew in on American Airlines, like, hey, we're here. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is going on? And, uh, yeah, and then the scene where he uh, um, goes to uh, Pilo's uh, hangar, and then she, like, she unveils the ship. I was just, mm. like, uh, I, I was watching this at 3 o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> right when it dropped? What like, are you doing or, up at 3 or, o'clock in the morning? I couldn't sleep. Oh, man. So I watched that. And then when that ship appeared, the N1 Naboo Starfighter, for all of you who know, that is like one of my favorite ships of all time. Heck, it is actually yeah, my favorite you've got that giant Star Wars model. ship is, of all time. I, Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have a big, giant, six-foot uh, <laughs> Toys R Us display of an N1 uh, that's not up, currently up yet, but it's... And, and Justin, how many miles did you drive <laughs> to get that N1 Starfighter? Just to clarify uh, J- for the audience. Jake and I drove from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan to somewhere in Arkansas Whoa. just to pick it up. <laughs> and then we drove to Texas to buy some more Star Wars stuff. Did you like strap it to the roof or did it fit in your car? Huh? 2,000 miles. Wow. 2,000 2, miles? So I think that justifies me. Oh, you are wow. officially yeah. uh-huh. the biggest N1 <laughs> Starfighter fan in the universe. Did it fit in your car or did you have like... Uh, that was top? that was the question. We were we were <laughs> wondering if that was going to fit in our car, but like uh, it comes apart in uh, oh, okay. four... Uh, <laughs> it comes apart like in four, yeah. four sections. So yeah, we were able to uh, put that in the car and plus the uh, big giant... Uh, TIE Fighter Black First Order TIE Fighter Black Series mm-hmm. still in the box into the car <laughs> miraculously amongst awesome. other big giant Star Wars items so yeah it was quite the road trip um, but yeah I, I thought I was going to like like cheer like right in 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> uh, and I was like oh 
dang it, Jacob's asleep. So I, I kind of the, like mm. combined it. <laughs> or, ah, gosh! So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, like, any any scene with that N1, in, like, in how, like, the finishing look on that thing, Mm. Yeah, he's French like walking kiss. around and like and like touching it, and, like, and the Mando it, it team's felt, going. You're like, oh, okay, I like I saw yeah. one commentator was like, like, oh, I get car people now. Like, yeah, I get it. I, mm-hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, you can see it's a beautiful piece of machinery. Yeah, it looked like and it has a little too. The little Grogu spot, right? You know, Grogu. Yeah, you that thing. yeah, you know <laughs> that's for Grogu <laughs> instead of the droid board. I don't know, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Oh come on! It's like, like who, perfectly who, sized gonna, for him. Who else is gonna fit in there? But they're gonna take him away from Luke right away. No, just eventually. Like, just some spring break. Like, yeah, come spring on, break. Come on, break. I got a new vehicle. Let's go for yeah. a ride. Yeah. Yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just know he's going in there at some point. Yeah. Then uh, the I love the how to train your dragon, like, flight moment yeah. with that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was, like, in Beggar's Canyon. Uh, like, uh, I like haven't felt this happy since <laughs> the Force Awakens uh, premiere, um, as far as Star Wars goes. So that for me, that was yeah. like just like. And plus, I had I don't know who follows me closely, but this month has been hell mm-hmm. for me. So that perfect timing. That was perfect yeah, timing. I feel up. like it's kind of just a reminder of hey. There's still you're gonna still feel very high joys in life. So <laughs> thank you so much, Star Wars, for uh, showing me that. Yeah, I think that's that, that's all that I is, gotta say. That is, I think that the last two episodes, just in terms of like a lot of the visuals and a lot of the like the slave one, the sarlacc, the the whole pod, you know, the whole mm-hmm. that whole you know thing. Like those were those were just like all like I feel like very um it's like if you do star wars right like for me like i think i said this like like when we started doing these episodes for book of boba fett like i feel like it's kind of what you're getting at it's like it's like there's 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 my life when there's no new star wars content like and i'm talking about good star wars content to deal with and then there's my life when there is, mm-hmm. and when there is, and when it's done right, and when it hits you every week in like that way that's like that only Star Wars can. It's like, and it sounds so stupid and so corny, and half the population would just like you're a f- lunatic. But <laughs> we're fans. But, but it this hits you. It just like it like like I, mm-hmm. I went on a kick this week where I was just like I downloaded the novelization of A New Hope, and <laughs> been listening to the soundtracks a lot. It was interesting mm-hmm. that you chimed in with that and I was like Mm -hmm. and I had these you know every once in a while you have these moments you're like why the hell am I still listening to the same music for 40 years and the same reading the story of the same movie that I've watched I don't know how many times and still have that like almost like you know transcendent experience (laughs) all right you want to go through uh what you had Sean for episodes four and five oh yeah so for ratings I would say for I can't remember I think I gave three like a seven barely or 6.9 i think i said so that i think four bumped it up a notch you know to like you know 7.9 uh, right um not quite eight for me and then yeah this last episode five was like a 9.8 uh because i still give episode two of book of boba fett the edge for this show so far as far as like the story of boba fett 
but as stand as a standalone hour of Star Wars, it was a ten. But like as an episode of Book of Boba Fett, it's not the not the best part of the story. But it's like not my number two for the season, only because he wasn't really in it, and I don't know yet if it's about him or not. <laughs> in any way, um, so those are my two ratings. All right, Aaron, what do you got? Uh, episode four, I'd give a seven. Um, it was good. It was a, it was a, it was a, it turns out quite the, quite the hinge episode. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it, I think we realized that that's the end of all the footage we've seen. Um, and that launched into, you know, the episode five. So, but I'd give it a seven. I thought there was high points and low points, um, which I feel like there's a lot of that in the show so far, like definitely, you know, mixed, mixed things there. Um, Episode five is such a weird thing to have to rate um, because of all the things you guys talked about. I would say that at the end of it all, I would say I would go a little bit lower, like eight and a half, nine. I feel like I'm giving it room because I don't know where this fits (laughs) into the rest of the story because it really did feel like we jumped out into Mando season three. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure. Which is that what they're doing with the next two episodes? Like, is this, was it a four plus three show or is it like a. Well, they've got to go back to both the storyline at some point. Yeah. But. Yeah. But. Maybe that's why it's seven episodes. For a a purely. I don't know. I don't know because what made it good really had nothing to do with Mm -hmm. the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. So you're heavily yep. weighting your dings <laughs> more than I was. Like, I well, took one I'll ding off you. for the stupid Java joke and, like, one off for other random things that add up to one. Well, I, I have a one, triple you know ding, I mean? and they're all in the same thing. <laughs> it's it's too much of that curly-haired lady, <laughs> her stupid Jawa line, and the overly long exposition about putting that shit back together. <laughs> it was right in the heart of the episode, and it kind of just slowed it down for mm. me. But then once the ship was done, it was amazing. Yeah. And before he got there... And up to the point where they first unveiled the ship, it was really good. But that little core piece mm-hmm. where they spent so much time with her and him and the ship and the dialogue. Her, like, hijinks like, of, like, oh, I'm getting, like, uh, captured by a rat. And, like, you're not getting captured by and, a like, rat. I mean, I'm clearly, yeah. like, this woman is, is here to stay. She's going to keep coming back. <laughs> we can't get rid of her. And I'm, like, <laughs> all I can, and I, I just, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't a fan of that part of the show. But, I mean, ultimately, one of the funnest, you know, just... Mm-hmm. It was fun with all your kids there too. Like, yeah. all three oh, of your three, three right. of your kids and me and you watched it. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, Josh was pretty geeked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty fun. He's like, this is dope. He's the only one that's watching the show through, like I am. Oh, like, Mariah and Hannah are kind of flaking out on it, but like, <laughs> he's he's into it. Yeah. All right, Justin. What about you? Okay, so uh, chapter four, I'm probably going to be giving a. A good 7.6 out of 10. Um, it was. It kept me entertained. Um, I thought it was a good episode. Um, again, I, I do agree with Aaron about the pacing. Um, but I did, the, the, seeing the Slave 1 in action was fun as always. Um, and the Chapter 5. That one I was actually debating on what to give it because... Like, my headset, I want to say 10. But at the same time, I don't know how much it, this episode's going to connect to the Book of Boba Fett. Um, but, I mean, 
you got the N1. You you got me sold. <laughs> like, you caught me. <laughs> you knew what I wa- wanted, and you, like, I, th- I think I even was, like, I think I had a, a chat with a friend, and I was like, if he gets an N1 as his next ship, I'm going to just, like, be in heaven. And uh, lo and behold, it happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I'd have to say a good 9 Point three out of ten, mm. and, and that's just me being very extremely biased. <laughs> so. I'd have uh, to pretty much agree with what you guys are talking about. You know, four was a solid seven. Five, a little hard to tell because, like what you were saying, Sean, how does it tie in? Whether it's a split for Mando season three, or is it deeply tied into the Book of Boba Fett, which we have yet to figure out. Um. But for chapter five, probably like a nine. The action was good. There was a lot of lore, a lot of stuff shown and talked about the destruction of Mandalore. Um, oh, those! Nobody that was mentioned like straight out of the concept art. Like nobody that was, mentioned that, shot that of the those shots of the tie bombers. So oh. good. I mean, and then the, the imperial. Is it confirmed that there's like nuclear like, bombs in this universe? Because that was like a f- straight out nuke. Yeah, like, there, there's nukes in Star Wars. Yeah, okay. Because mm-hmm. that was um, epic. They must have dropped like. 20,000 of them on Mandalore. Yeah, on that so, dome yeah. thing. Yeah, that was I really, the capital. I also really like to talk be, about the Darksaber and how that brought out a lot of the stuff from Clone Wars, yeah. Rebels. Mm-hmm. Done um, really well for, again, people yeah. who have never seen or will never see Clone Wars. That's kind of everything you need to know and nothing more. Yep. Yeah. And I was I had a chat with a buddy this afternoon about it and how like the curse of the, the mm-hmm. Darksaber mm-hmm. and how kind of how I'm starting to lean towards it is it was because... Bo-Katan received the Darksaber as a gift from Sabine. She yeah. didn't win it in combat. Yeah. So the curse... It's true. Or the, the curse of the Darksaber worked against her. And against Gideon, because Gideon was wielding it improperly, and he was cursed too, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, because like, as far as we know, he found yeah. it on the battlefield. So then is Din, is Din wielding it appropriately, or is he cursed too? Because like, the, ch- the chain of custody, was it broken? And even though he won it in combat, it's still like a tainted chain of custody. I would, needs to go back to... The rightful owner, which is Boba Fett, through Jingo, right? Actually, That's what it, I think. it's Darth Sidious because he beat Maul in combat. Oh, there you go. In Clone Wars, huh. so well, technically he's, he's Sidious gone. is. Oh wait, he's not. He's a clone. <laughs> 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 so technically, Palpatine's the ruler of Mandalore. Oh, man boy. He'll, he'll try to <laughs> grab that'll go it over after. real well. Yeah, <laughs> they got somehow it. Palpatine's returned. They're gonna try to. Oh wait, we don't get time. that till Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Never mind. That, and then my granddaughter will give me the dark saber. But I think, yeah, like this idea of like this, this, like Lord of the Rings, like this, this lightsaber is cursed, and like you don't know if whoever's holding it is supposed to have it, and if they're like that's narrative gold to be like you're holding this cursed item that's going to bring a curse upon your house, right? Like if Din Djarin's not supposed to be having it, that could be bad. Yeah, so we'll we'll wrap it up with that. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and remember the Force will be with you always. always.